Welcome to the Musings of Our Hearts, a Jesus Youth podcast on the lives of saints. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today we have a um, wonderful saint here. He did so much uh, for um, France and for Italy. And I'm really excited to talk about him because uh, just because he did so much, he also struggled a lot. He felt a lot of weakness in his life. And it's just again one more every day each saint is challenging me to to live for God to seek God um so let's get into his story and his witness we have Saint Eugene uh de Mazenod and he Eugene was born in France to uh, an arist- aristocratic family uh and during the French Revolution, his family was forced to flee to Italy. Eugene returned to France at 20, though, and lived with his mother. His mother and father had separated. Uh, and when he was 25 on Good Friday, he was looking at the uh, side of the cross and had a profound experience of God's love. And he responded in love to, to the Lord and, you know, in his heart. He said, what more glorious occupation than to act in everything and for everything only for God. To love him above all else, to love him all the more as one who has loved him too late. And this experience really just um, enkindled in him this, uh, this fire and this flame in his heart um, for souls, for the Lord. And so he became a priest and um, he, he actually entered the seminary during the time where um, Soon after, it was you know closed as well because um, of the uh, uh, because of the revolution and, and Napoleon had uh, the emperor Napoleon had imprisoned um, Pope Pius the seventh and so uh, Eugene also tried to help Pope Pius but then he returned to France and um, when he returned he just saw the needs of the church and he really um, had a, a desire for for the needy too and. Uh, he would preach to them in their local dialect. He would hear confessions. He would celebrate mass for them. And in this too, he he really went beyond. He stepped outside of the bounds of what was, um, you know, traditional and what had been done. And so in, during this time, he also tried to find some other zealous priests who would join him in his mission. And so this group of people came together and they also formed a, like had an intense community life of prayer, study and fellowship. And they began to call themselves the missionary of Pro- Provence, and Provence, yeah. Provence, and yeah, that's a place. They, um, uh, Eugene wanted to, um, you know, make it an official uh, congregation. So, um, and they did. The they received a pontifical. Uh, they they became recognized as a religious congregation of pontifical right, and they were called the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. Uh, because of his zeal too, you know, and they went out and they did many things because of his zeal for souls and um, the places that they would go and the and the work that they would do in the um, in the areas where these missionaries would go. Eugene was dubbed as a second Paul, so you can just imagine how much he did for that area and during his life. And bishops from the missions came to ask him. Uh, for you know more people, more priests, more missionaries um, to expand their mission fields. Uh, he did a lot for the church, but even uh, even that then he was also um, 
persecuted. He's he struggled with uh, accusations, misunderstandings, threats, uh, recrimina- recriminations. Um, he also was, you know, um, there was tensions within the growing uh, congregation too. And but through it all, he continued to stay close to the Lord and um, really kept striving and persevering. Uh, he died when he was. Uh, 79 years old and he was um, beatified by Pope Paul VI and on December 3rd in 1995 Pope John Paul II um, canonized him and praised his vision uh, his perseverance and his conformity to God's will so yeah this saint has done amazing things but again what has really touched me is even though um he was doing many things and he also would say, you know, seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. I think for me, that's also uh, many, the past couple of saints, these um, during this week have, that has been their motto as well seek first the kingdom. And I think for me, it's been resounding in my heart to seek first the kingdom, because even if we seek the achievements, even if we seek like, okay, how many people am I bringing to the Lord? And how many people am I, you know, converting through my witness? Even in that, even if that's all that time, we'll still face accusations. Um, Satan is still very active, (laughs) you know, Mm. actively working in this world, like a lion prowling, waiting to pounce. And so, our eyes must be focused on the Lord so that our peace and our uh, perseverance, our uh, desire for holiness is constantly focused like a laser beam, you know, focused on his gaze, that transformative gaze, that source of living water, that source of grace. And of course, Mary and the angels and all the saints are helping us in this to stay firm in the faith. But um whether we have uh, the contemplatives who, you know, sit uh, and pray or we have uh, a, a second Paul like going and, uh, you know, administering to, to many people in, in many places, all, all, both of them have said, seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, St. Saint Eugene, we see many things that is uh, uh, not that very... Uh, you know, not very comfortable things like, mm. uh, especially the time when he was born. Uh, that was during the French Revolution. You know, twenty years he was. Uh, uh, you know, that was the time he could come back to France only when he was twenty-one. But most of his childhood, he was, or maybe his uh, teenage, he was in Italy, in Italy to just going from place to place as refugee, as a political refugee, like the you know the French spies they were constantly after them they were from a very aristocratic family so they had to change places and and his dad was not a you know not a businessman or anything so they they struggle financially and imagine a boy born in a in all the nobility with all these luxuries you know mm-hmm. he, his his you know growing up was very very rough but in Venice also he he found some people who who really took his education to their heart and sent him to school uh, and also uh, attended to his religious formation uh, in a as a pious Catholic. But again, when they could come back to France, it was you know their family was almost broken. Like uh, he, his mom chose to divorce his dad to get back the possession. You know there are so many politics behind that. But then imagine a boy. Uh, 21 year old a man he has become a man but 
through all these struggles and his mom had beautiful plans of getting him married to a royal you know family where you know they will get a good dowry so he was very well off with all those mm-hmm. stuff but then you know that spiritual formation that he had in his mind made him very uncomfortable mm-hmm. that he wanted to find himself uh, you know who he is all those questions in that time i can remember my youthful days like i came to the lord when i was maybe 20 21 at that time but then the next four or five years was very crucial like you know how when when we know the lord like how he makes our heart more and more restless yeah. till we rest in him completely that happens only that, but maybe uh, so so you know uh, he was very much restless but how the lord just call him you know that really amazed me like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter which which situation in the or what time of the history that you are living in the lord's call is very very obvious and very loud yeah uh, to those who have a heart to hear it so the most important thing i should i think should we should do for our kids is to make the channels of grace open and train them to hear the voice of the lord so when we do that the youth will generously respond to god's call like it happened to him on that good friday you know when he had that tremendous experience god experience when he was looking at jesus on the cross you know he immediately answers he responds in love like what more glorious op- occupation than to act in everything and for everything only for god to love him above all else to love him all the more as one who has loved him too late he was in his 30s by that time so but when he had that experience he would not listen to his mom or any pressures of the world and he want to become a priest so he would have had i i am sure he would have had lot of meditation contemplation on these what what to do how to do all these and he ends up uh in 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 a seminary and that too you know the post revolutionary france was also not a good yeah. good place there and uh, you know the napoleon had already imprisoned uh, a pope uh, in in france and all these stuff you know the church was uh, crushed under these iron hands of all these uh, impi- rulers and he he served pope there that would have made him feel you know the sad plight of the church so yeah. he didn't want to take up the normal priest in a parish but he wanted to go to the broken church uh, so in the to, the to the youth to the those prisoners to the servants the country villagers and in spite of all this education all this polished life he could go to he just chose to become like the normal people to choosing to speak their language than the real french and from going from village to village you know started to instruct people and to see people to meet the church broken where they are you know that really challenged me you know when i was reading about him and the men who gathered around him with mm-hmm. like mind like mindedness you know how they call themselves missionaries of province that region and i am like wow you know even now there is hope for the church you know if there is one person like eugene masinord stands up you know there will be people to go with him we yeah. need people convinced like that who who would say no to this world who would give the kingdom of god the first priority just like alam you know sticks <laughs> you know is used to purify water this man will gather people around them and they will purify the whole world Yeah. you know even though it started for that local place he he just saw the local reality 
and when they started to work there the lord doesn't stop you know they lord don't want them to stop there he just sends them to all over the world and can you believe in 200 years they are in 68 countries and thousands of young people are being are, are serving uh, you know people wherever they need it so that is the beauty and he and their motto was like you know glory of god the uh, good of the church and the sanctification of souls mm. wow what else you need and <laughs> and even and and his life was not at all smooth you know he became he becomes a bishop but it took 5 years for him to even to uh, become a you know active bishop like that uh, because of all these politics and yeah. uh, and then he he continues work as a as a he had such a pastoral heart people say that like you know he was a towering figure in the church of france that was broken you know from that one diocese he he could just send his missionaries all over the world and so you can imagine his influence on france at that time so that is why he is known as a towering figure in the history of you know the church of france and no wonder people started calling him second paul what a what a privilege you know to to be likened to such a soul and you know uh, the way that he did was they say like you know uh, they left nothing undared that the kingdom of christ might be advanced yeah. wow you know everywhere and in every field that they could do you know he he uh, uh, do something they did they opened a previously uncharted lands and established and many new dioceses in multitude of ways wow you know not only strengthening the church or cleansing the church they planted the church everywhere so this man and how it happened is like i was tremendously inspired by how they grew even amidst you know preaching missions and mm -hmm. everything they they the group joined in an intense community life of prayer study and fellowship you know so uh, the dream that we have for jesus is like a monastic scholastic community you know it was enlivened in my heart and also two days ago i could uh, chat with one of my friend in india dr julio like we were thinking about these uh, dreams about you know the community life that we had and we were just saying maybe we will we will do that in another country in another language you know that we never know and our heart was on fire when we were thinking about that so i'm like the lord is gathering at this time people yeah. like minded people even in this time to 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 go for him without any restriction any reservation so uh, i'm like you know uh it, it, this is this call is open to everybody so i'm praying like lord give me give me give me that grace to answer to this call so like he said like you know among yourself charity 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 i did the world seal for souls like so when uh, people this like minded people have their heart united in charity 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 you know the lord will send send us out uh you know whole over the world with that seal for soul so i'm really excited they are, you know this saint has put me on fire <laughs> yeah no i i completely agree and i i think that what you mentioned to the call of god especially in a time where you, the the church might have seen been like falling apart or finally you know especially in france like oh what can what can come out of this how can we move forward and i think many mm -hmm. of us are also saying like well, like how are we going to move forward from this time but this is the time where where saints really are made where god is putting in our hearts a certain call and and enkindling and inflaming in us a fire of love for people and 
kind in forcing us into a situation where we have to think outside of the normal structures and outside of the normal ways mm. that we that we used to conduct our life and and that we got kind of comfortable in oh this is what we do this is how we mm worship this is as you had mentioned so many times before to the lord asking you to create an altar in your heart an adoration mm -hmm. chapel in your heart and so to to meet him in in also in the poor you know how how are we going to now there's so many people who are really going to be are struggling from this and it's going to take you know people um with chair with a desire for charity and sanctity and to meet them in their needs where they are um, so to really be um, convinced, though, that God is calling us and to let nothing deter us from this, to let nothing deter us from this, um, the uh, conviction that God has placed in us something to, um, you know, not just to do, but to, to res a way in which to respond to his love. And so that's what we are called to do, to respond in love and to love. Um, with others and so it's yes it's all about charity 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 yes the charity that was blazing in his heart that was given by god is the is the thing that uh, is, is 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 the real thing that achieved everything through him that's why you know even through all these struggles and trials like he could keep cool uh, you know, uh, at the, towards the end of his life, you know, there was a high chance that he would be made a cardinal. He really deserved it. But uh, there were so many political things over there. Uh, and people would have naturally asked him, why is it that, you know, like this, that you are not becoming a cardinal? He had such a sense of humor. And he said, after all, it is all the same, whether one is buried in red cassock or a purple one. The main <laughs> thing is that, is that the bishop gets to heaven. So we know that this person had heaven always in front of him that was his only goal and he wanted to take as many people with him to heaven so yeah. that, that's one thing that kept him going so you know uh, at this time let us pray that you know we'll get the courage and skill uh, not uh, like we were pondering it's not like you know uh, you himself, but maybe more than that or whatever the lord whatever degree in which the lord wants us to give courage love and yeah. You know, uh, let's seek that. Um, so let's pray with uh, uh, Saint Eugene uh, taking his intercession too. God our Father, we thank you for having called Saint Eugene de Mazinot to follow Christ, the Savior and Evangelizer, passionately in love with your Son Jesus and sharing in his compassion for humanity. Eugene put himself unconditionally at the service of your church for the evangelization of those most in need. Through his intercession, help us to reach out with the healing touch of Christ who calls us to holiness and to mission. May we build communities which are signs of your presence and share the good news of salvation with all people. For this, we dedicate ourselves through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. <laughs>